You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat here at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston. And I have the great pleasure to welcome PhD candidate in geography and planning, Ms. Susan Baisley, the co-coordinator of the local or the lower burial ground restoration society here in Kingston. Welcome to CFRC today. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the research that you're doing in the Department of Geography and Planning here at Queen's. Okay, well, I am actually researching changing heritage practice on the Rideau Canal and Kingston Fortifications World Heritage Site. So that's really related to um, landscape, cultural landscapes, heritage in general, heritage practices, uh, how we experience that site. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's kind of, it's been a lot related to things I've done through my life and my career in heritage and archaeology. So it seemed like a natural fit for me to kind of move on uh, slightly sideways, maybe, and um, and continue to look at cultural landscapes and how people interact with those and what we learn from them. Wonderful. So what brought you to Queen's University specifically and, and what's inspiring your research interests? Well, I, I actually live in Kingston. I've been in Kingston since 1983, and I was brought to Kingston basically to work on one of the big archaeological projects that was going on at the time at Fort Frontenac. Mm. Um, I'd planned to come for a year, and I stayed for quite a few decades. Um, so this is this is home. Um, my Most of my professional career has been here in Kingston and Eastern Ontario. So I've done a lot of archaeology, particularly urban archaeology and historical archaeology and military sites so you know looking at the Rideau Canal given its military links and the fortifications associated with it um, and the history and the archaeology it really kind of made sense to really it's a a continued path um, for my career so uh, Queen's was a logical choice because it's right here in my backyard and, Mm -hmm. and very convenient so in effect I could continue to use my knowledge and my experience that I've built up over the last um, several years and just keep moving forward. Wonderful. So what uh, what uh, background you mentioned, uh, you already have an established career in archaeology, and now you're a PhD candidate here at Queen's University. How did, um, how did you decide to come back to grad school? Well, I, I've had a long career in field archaeology, mm-hmm. and um, things were getting a little bit less interesting, let's say, and, and um, more technical in terms of uh, what we're required to do um, through the process, and not as much fun. Hmm. So I, I started actually for four summers, I 2012 to 2015, I was um, involved in teaching the field school in British archaeology at Hurstman Sioux Castle at the BISC, mm-hmm. and um, really enjoyed the teaching aspect of that and interacting with the students, and I've done a lot of public archaeology in the past. And so 
kind of thought, well, maybe I should go back to school. And I, I could just add to that, I, I sort of, my, my MO is to space my degrees out about every 15 or so years. <laughs> so I'd already done that with my master's degree um, previously as well. So it, it kind of made sense. Okay, now I can complete the, uh, the trifecta, so, so to speak. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so we're really excited to talk to you about the Lower Burial Ground Restoration Society. This is a pretty innovative project that's happening right here in our community involving community members as well as uh, Queen's uh, students and such as yourself and faculty members at the university too. What is this project and uh, what are its goals? Well, the the Lower Burial Ground is uh, one of the oldest Anglican, if not the oldest Anglican cemeteries um, in Canada and certainly in the province and it was established in 1783 when the loyalists came to this area after the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. So it's located at the corner of Queen and Montreal streets in downtown Kingston. That spooky little cemetery. That's right and um, people will notice that that small area but you'll notice probably more readily the church Mm -hmm. and in fact the church wasn't built until the 1840s in the cemetery. Interesting. So the lower burial ground is actually much larger than what we see today. And the the Lower Burial Ground Restoration Society was formed a number of years ago to help preserve and to inform people about the Lower Burial Ground and really sort of to take care of it. So Mm -hmm. they've been doing a lot of projects um, to restore the monuments that you see. Um, Also, the wall that runs along Montreal Street Mm -hmm. has suffered a lot of damage over the years. And uh, they were involved in fundraising and then restoring that wall. So this particular project had sort of been an idea for quite some time. So if you look at the property, you'll see in the northwest corner, there's actually another limestone building. And that's the church hall. Okay. And the church hall was built in the cemetery in 1872. Okay. So for about 150 years, this little corner of the cemetery has been covered over and basically forgotten. So over the years, with all of the interventions that have gone on in keeping the actual church hall in good shape, adding plumbing, adding electrical, and various other things to support the superstructure, there'd been a lot of damage um, in that area of the cemetery, which was, of course, covered over and forgotten. Indeed. And also, it became really a space for garbage. And so the idea with this project was to clean up that portion of the cemetery to restore the dignity Mm -hmm. back to it. And so the Lower Burial Ground Restoration Society applied for uh, funds from the City of Kingston Heritage Fund in order to do this project. And that's where we come in. Oh, fantastic. So uh, you like it's called the Lower uh, the lower burial ground, is this attached at all or a part of Skeleton Park? Okay, that's a really good question. So Skeleton Park is the colloquial name that we all know it by. And it was actually the upper burial ground. Indeed. So the lower burial ground is located in the lower part of the town. And the upper burial ground was established um, actually as a, a military burying ground, probably around 1817. 
but it was established as a three-part burial ground in 1825. And what do I mean by three-part? Oh, I don't well, know. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> the first is Anglican, mm-hmm. the second is Roman Catholic, and the third is Presbyterian. So oh. it's divided into three parts for those three religions. Okay. So um, nobody else technically is buried there, just people from those particular faiths. Whereas with the lower burial ground, because it was established as soon as the Loyalists came and the Anglican Church was in charge, it was the only place. So anybody who needed to be buried, who died and needed to be buried, regardless of their faith, was buried in the lower burial ground. Okay. And that actually caused quite a bit of concern over the years. And dare I mention fist fights between the various uh, rectors and reverends of... Really? Yes. Very different religions. So, yes. So it was a bit of a a controversy, but um, it means you do have the, the lower and the upper burial ground, two distinct burial grounds. Fascinating. I just learned so much in that very short amount of time about local history in a place I've lived all of my life. That's... How wonderful. Thank you so much for that. So um, tell us a little bit about the work that you're actually doing on the site itself. What do you do? What are your team members doing in terms of um, digging and preserving some of the artifacts that you're finding underneath the church hall? Okay, so actually this is not an archaeological excavation and we're not digging. Okay. So that's the, the first. Thanks for the, the correction. No, no problem. Um, what we're actually doing is cleaning mm-hmm. and um, restoring some order to that area of mm-hmm. the lower burial ground. But we are using archaeological methods. And because we are in um, a cemetery and because we have to do this as an archaeological project, it requires to be supervised by a professional licensed archaeologist. And mm-hmm. that's where I my role comes in. Gotcha. So I, I am the licensed archaeologist on the site that's guiding the process and mm-hmm. determining the methodology. Mm-hmm. But that's also in close collaboration with the Ministry of Tourism, Culture and Sport, who licenses archaeologists in the province, mm-hmm. and also the Bereavement Authority of Ontario, um, who takes care, which takes care of, of cemeteries. Okay. So there was a lot of discussion over the, the procedures and the methods and what we're actually doing. So we're doing a cultural resource inventory um, through the archaeological process. Mm-hmm. So that really determines how we approach the site and how we, we deal with our methodology. Okay. So we're still dividing up the site um, into sections and approaching this on a grid um, type of, of uh, uh, procedure. We are cleaning, though, with brushes and dustpans okay. and buckets. Um, I was very interested, like, what, like in terms of methodology, what does that mean? Yeah, so we are practice? removing, so there's a lot of debris in there. Mm-hmm. Um so when you look at the site, when we started, um, the, the surface was very uneven. Um, there were mounds of loose um, debris and soil and dust, really, mm-hmm. um, that had accumulated along with stone chips um, from the various works that had been undertaken. But also the grave markers and the footstones are strewn around um in in piles and so we really needed to do careful recording initially Mm -hmm. and then start the cleaning process okay and 
continue the recording. So we've been recording the stones, the inscriptions, using photography. Mm-hmm. And also, this is where other Queen's Departments comes in. Um, we have had geosciences come in and do a LIDAR recording. A LIDAR uh, recording? What's yeah, that? Yes, so that's, um, let me see if I can get this correct, light detection and ranging. So it, it basically builds a 3D model using light uh, scanning. It's a scanning process, a 3D okay. digital scanning process to record the site. Also, ground penetrating radar. So that allows us to basically look into the the, the ground below us uh, to see whether there's any patterns for the graves. So mm-hmm. it's uh, a really kind of all-encompassing recording process. But allows you to also see what's under the ground without necessarily disturbing the uh, remains. That that's right. It's a non non intrusive process, and that's really what's important about this: that we are not digging in a graveyard. Uh, that's we are, important. Yes, yeah. we are cleaning up all of the debris that has been deposited on top of it from the time of the construction in 1872 of the church hall. Okay. So the idea is to come down onto the original ground surface, which will correlate with the the ground surface in the cemetery outside, and um, just see what we can can locate there in terms of the grave markers. Mm -hmm. And, And actually, that's a really exciting part of the process. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so you talked a little bit about uh, the the work that you're doing and the and the kinds of uh, archaeological methods that your team is performing on this site. One of the things I'm also interested to explore here with you today, though, is um, the idea that this project is actually quite interdisciplinary. There are people from the community, various units uh, here at the university as well, uh, being students and faculty members. I'd be interested to hear about the skills that people are bringing in, like who's coming in to do what particular task. And at the same time, uh, what opportunities for skills learning are people actually taking away from the project itself too? Okay, so everyone that's participating in the project has gone through um, a volunteer training program. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a huge long thing, but uh, just about an hour to an hour and a half, where we've provided them with the the basics of what we're going to be undertaking, the history of the site, um, what we expect from them, Mm -hmm. and what we're providing for them, plus a tour of the site, so that the volunteers themselves can determine whether they can come in and help us. Now, what I didn't mention is the physical space constrictions within the area. Mm. So because we are underneath a church hall, it's kind of like being in a very, very low ceilinged basement. Ah, a crawl space. Yeah, a little bit bigger than a crawl space. (laughs) Um, If you are about five foot tall, (laughs) you're okay, not bad. You can actually stand up and stretch between the the floor joists. (laughs) Um, So it's, there's a lot of bending, crouching, um, you know, being in awkward positions. Um, A lot of head banging. (laughs) Well, people are required to wear head protection, eye protection, um, dust masks, uh, um, respirators, work gloves because of those conditions. And we're also only in that space for a maximum of an hour at a time before we come out for a break. And we only work in afternoons as well because of the restrictions to to the site um, of the church, Mm -hmm. using the church use as well. So 
really we we allowed the volunteers to decide how they can be involved and whether that's a community volunteer or um a volunteer from from queens Mm -hmm. so it's been actually quite fascinating to see um the variety of individuals most people of course very interested in history and archaeology Mm -hmm. very interested in local history so that's been really great so everyone has had that sort of bottom end sort of push from knowledge yeah. um, which is great because we have at Queen's we have um, the classics department we have art history we have history and of course geography and planning um, there's a variety of interests there the people coming to us from classics most of them have already been on a field school mm-hmm. so they have sk- skills that they, they have learned that they can then apply on the local setting mm-hmm. people in geography really interesting a lot of mapping skills and then some people with no um, skills related to or, or less skills related to what we're doing and of course that's where they're learning mm-hmm. on site um, so I think it's been a really great blend of um, learning and then also people bringing some skills uh, organizational skills as well in yeah. terms of being having a very methodological approach to how you actually go about doing the cleaning in your unit which Mm -hmm. is approximately a meter by two meters in size plus working with a team um we're putting people in very close quarters (laughs) and everyone needs to get along and and find a way of working together and that's been absolutely amazing um i think volunteers are learning from each other as well so people who have more skills are teaching others Mm -hmm. um and of course just generally getting along and um working together in restricted um spaces is really i think a phenomenal ability for anyone to to be able to experience that and and take those skills away wonderful so you um you talked about some of the work that you've been doing uh underneath the very uh small <laughs> or very low ceilings and the teamwork uh, um, environment that everyone is uh working in and the many skills that people are bringing now, uh, what are some of the discoveries that you've been making under there? What's what's really exciting about about what you're finding? Well, I think the most exciting discoveries are. It's kind of weird to say new grave markers oh. because they're obviously not new. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are we've had two that have been covered over since 1872. Now, one thing I did not mention is that in 1937, one of the parishioners did an extensive inventory of the grave markers and what was there. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a map that shows us what grave markers were where in 1937. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, none of the grave markers underneath the church hall today are in the same location as they were in 1937. Oh. So they've all been moved around. So that was actually kind of one of our initial discoveries because we had just assumed that they were all in the same place. Okay. Right. So that was that was a bit of a, a shock, actually. So then we started thinking about, well, what if as we clean, we start to find grave markers that were not exposed or visible in 1937? And that's actually what's happened with two. Mm-hmm. We've uncovered one that was clearly knocked down, pushed down um, in 1872 during the construction of the church hall and then just covered over with debris. Yeah. And that stone dates from 18, 1805. 
Um, So that individual is actually um, listed in the burial records. So we can match him up um, quite easily. But we've also found a what what I'm calling footstones. So they would be at the foot end of the the grave plot. Mm -hmm. And they just have initials on them. So we found one that has three different sets of initials. And we're not sure we can actually match that one up to anyone in the burial records. So there's more historical research to do. Okay, so here here is where the historical skills come in. That's right. Some sleuthing. That's right. So there's there's clearly more to be done. So Mm -hmm. it's not just the physical cleaning and and organizing and recording. There's it's leading to other questions and like such as well who who is this who are these other people that Mm -hmm. are. identified here only by their initials so it's that's kind of exciting there have been um a lot of different things that have been in the dust and debris and and the stone chips and the larger stones such Mm -hmm. as a whole bunch of bibles oh yeah (laughs) how how well preserved are they they're very well preserved really yes (laughs) even in those conditions well the space is incredibly dry oh okay i figured it'd be a little on the musty side no it's not damp or musty at well I should say it's, it is a bit musty every time we open it up and let the uh, fresh air in. Um, it takes a few minutes to get less musty. Mm-hmm. But the paper is actually incredibly well preserved. Mm. So we did actually have um, a paper conservator uh, who has recently, relatively recently retired from Queen's Archives, come down and, and have a look at those and give us some advice on uh, what we, we should do with them. Okay. Um, we've also got... Um, the other day there was a tooth part of a toothbrush so just garbage debris a lot of coal a lot of ash from the um the furnace Mm -hmm. um but there's also and we knew we knew that there would be um some human remains that have been disturbed so we are following a very strict protocol on on what to do with the human remains and they will all be reinterred in that space and they Mm -hmm. have not left that space okay um but other bits and pieces, a few marbles, perhaps that have fallen through the the floorboards, the cracks that the kids were playing with in the Sunday school, mm-hmm. um, and then just recently, the other day, uh, part of what we think is either a morning ribbon, ribbon, or um, possibly a lady's belt. Okay. It's black silk uh, remains of some black silk and uh, some sterling silver hearts. Okay. So those are kind of interesting. How they got there, we don't know. Um, but there's lots of, been lots of debris that and broken things that you just wouldn't want, pieces of bottles and bottle caps and mm-hmm. cigarette butts from workmen and smashed light bulbs and mm-hmm. insulation and things. So we really, mostly it's been cleaning up a lot of 20th century garbage that's been left behind. So, but still finding a few random treasures in that's there right. as well. In, well, indeed. So uh, what are some of the challenges that you've uh, experienced perhaps working in this Uh, space or getting the project underway? Well, certainly, I think um, initially the challenge was how are we going to get volunteers? Mm. And so the committee that that we're working with um, did a very good job of getting the message out to local heritage organizations and uh, organizations in in the Anglican Church, um, the United Empire Loyalists, and then um, the... uh, uh, project. I'm, I'm the project coordinator, but my assistant 
uh, project coordinator, who is also a graduate student in geography and planning, um, did a fabulous job in sending out the information to the various uh, lists at Queen's. So history, classics, art mm-hmm. history, and of course, geography. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we got a huge response um, from the community. And I believe, I think at the latest count, we have, have had 48 active volunteers over the course of uh, June, July, and now into August. That's impressive. Which is, yeah, this is really great. Um, as I've already mentioned, the space restrictions, um, that's been a bit of a challenge, but I think we've managed to overcome that by having our um, safety briefing and our various equipment to allow people to work in there, but for short periods of time and then coming out regularly for, for breaks. <laughs> so that's that's been really good. Um And I think just generally scheduling, um, as you know, when you deal with volunteers, sometimes people can't make it. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been had to shuffle uh, people around or ask at very short notice for someone to step in. So that's been actually really great. And um, the my assistant, Paulina Marchek, has been fabulous at, at getting the information out and doing all the scheduling, really all the things I think that would give me a big headache. Uh, <laughs> so we together have worked as a fabulous team as well um, and coordinating with, with the committee and the Lower Barrel Ground Restoration Society, who have also coordinated with the church. So it's been a lot of, a lot of logistical things um, to deal with. I think those are, are really the main challenges that, that we faced during the course of this project. Okay, and uh, we have just a few minutes left. I'm just, uh, what we'd like to hear though, what's going to happen after uh, this project wraps up this month, right now in August, uh, the, the project, you'll be leaving the church site. What happens after that? Okay, so this month we have six sessions left in, in order to do as much cleaning and recording as possible and leave the space in, um, well, I think a much more orderly fashion than mm-hmm. we found it. Um, but we will also be working on the report. I have to do an archaeological report that goes to the ministry. Mm-hmm. So we'll be finishing that off and we'll have some recommendations in that. And part of the recommendations will be that we're not done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that we are going to actually finish the cleaning. And of course, there's a lot of recording and a lot of that historical research that still needs to be done. We have parishioners uh, at the church who've been around for a long time, and we're hoping to perhaps do an oral history aspect to the project. Mm -hmm. But also, um, the ideal would be, since it's not really an accessible space, is to make the information accessible digitally. And that's one of the things that we're starting to think about now in terms of what have we recorded? We've got a lot of photography. We've got a lot of mapping. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gathering lots of information, hopefully sorting out some of the historical mysteries. And I think ideally we will we will get that put together. We won't get it done this year, though. I think that's going to be a phase, phase two of the project, really. So uh, it's one of those things where once you get into it, once you start, you can see pretty quickly that it's not a straightforward thing to do. But 
we have made great strides in, in moving it forward. So I think that's going to be uh, a really great possibility for the future. Wonderful. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I could just talk to you for hours because this is such a fascinating project. Thank you very much, Susan Baisley, for coming and visiting CFRC and talking to us today about the Lower Burial Ground Restoration Society happening at the Anglican Church at Queen of Montreal. What a fascinating project. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to talk to you about it. Well, we look forward to hearing more as developments happen, especially with the Digital uh, Museum. Let's hear more about that down the road, okay? Okay, thank you. <laughs>